Welcome to Comics, Culture, and Badass Creators. I am your host, Ian Doherty, and thank you for either coming back or even if you're listening for the first time, thank you. So this week's episode is with Javier Hernandez, creator of El Muerto. You may or may not have seen a film that was based off of it starring Wilmer Valderrama. We talk about that for a little bit, I believe. I mean, this was another uh, episode that I recorded back in May, so I don't quite remember. So, yeah. Um, I hope you all enjoy this one and keep coming back because there will be a lot more episodes in the future. So enjoy. How's it going, Javier? Very good, Ian. Very good. And good to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, uh, what we haven't what we haven't spoke since um, LCX. Yeah, that would be uh, March. Yeah. So what? Mar- two months ago? Yeah. 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 Already, dude. Dang. So, I was introduced to your work by uh dr teresa rojas she she taught your um or days of the dead the character el muerto that you created and one thing that i've noticed about you from you know following you on social media is that you're a huge steve ditko fan and he happened to create or he's a co-creator of spider-man um so were you influenced at all by Spider-Man when you were creating El Muerto? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the original Stan Lee, Steve Ditko stories, uh, Peter Parker. Um, I, I read those as a kid. I read them in reprints. Um, but yeah, that was a very big influence. There's something about the uh, Spider-Man story, the original, like I said, the original run. Kind of Peter down on his luck and uh, you know trying to do good with his aunt. And yet things aren't going right for him in a lot of aspects, uh, especially being a superhero, which is very ironic, right? He's got all these superpowers. Mm-hmm. And it, it, in some ways, it, it doesn't really help his personal life. Um, so then, at, you know, of course, after the Spider-Man stuff, and I followed Dicko around to other stuff he did. Um, but, yeah, definitely, I could definitely say there's a, there's a lot of that early Spider-Man in the El Muerto DNA. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. Yeah, like especially with your latest uh, creation. Um, how do you say it? I don't want to say it wrong. <laughs> um, what's it? Oh, which one? The the, the little pig? Yeah, comic? yeah, yeah. Oh, Cochito. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the yeah. Yeah, because there's a there's Spider Ham, Cochito. I kind I like I like that because um, like as a fellow creator, you know we're inspired by other, you know, by other creators, and it's kind of like uh, our way of paying homage, right, to to our inspiration. Oh, yeah, yeah, we do it all the time, right? You know, stuff we grew up with or that influenced us heavily, and then uh, when you start creating yourself, some, you know, you have your own ideas, and also you're thinking of the things you really liked or made an impact on you, and, you know, sometimes you want to kind of turn that around and, you know, uh, bring it into your storyline somehow or visuals or mm-hmm. 
and do like a little nod or or, or literally, I forgot, was it Picasso who said it? You know, just rip off the artist, <laughs> but make it your own. But make it your own is the thing. It's like don't literally yeah. copy the character or whatever. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, I had seen the movie uh, Into the Spider-Verse this last December, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I, as a youngster, I remember Spider, uh, Spider-Ham. Because they had comics of that, I think in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, I enjoyed them. I read them, but I never thought anything about it afterwards. So when I was doing El Muerto for the last 20 years, the thought never came to my mind of doing the pig version. But after seeing the cartoon, the animated film, you know, you really get to see the, that Spider-Ham character, you know, come to life, basically, with the voice actor and mm-hmm. everything. And then I remember just going home, and I don't know, a day or two later, I remember just opening up the sketchbook and just like, you know, like most times in a sketchbook, just kind of mindlessly draw something. So I just drew this little spider pig. And uh, I'm like, okay, turn the page, do something else. And then I guess I just thought about it a day or two later. And I did a couple of more drawings of him, kind of refining the cut. Like, well, let me do a little better job and let me really figure out how the El Muerto costume would look on him and blah, blah, blah. And then next thing you know, you know, I started thinking of a, just a quick short story. You know, it's like, well, what about, okay, who's this guy? How do you? Is he a pig with a costume, or did he become this, or blah blah blah? And tur- turns out he was a little farm pig, and he get he got bitten by a radioactive zombie. <laughs> so he, yeah, so he got the proportionate strength and whatever of a of a human. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's that's thank you, thanks. Yeah, that's really creative. Like I don't think I've no, I've never heard of that proportional strength of a human. That's funny. Well, because yeah, you know the whole. Spider-Man, the proportion state of the spider, then mm-hmm. every origin in the 60s was like radiation, right? Right. Gamma bomb, cosmic ray, or this animal bit this guy, or this thing bit it, this person. So, well, let's switch it. Let's have a radioactive zombie bite the animal, and the animal becomes, you know, somewhat humanoid. Yeah. So, yeah. when I thought of that, it's kind of like your reaction, but it's kind of funny because I'm reacting to my own thing. Like, mm-hmm. hey, that's pretty damn funny. I got to do something. Like, like, I got to have that in print. Yeah. So, um... So just a week or so ago, um, last week, I think, not time to, so, I don't know, time for me is so different now than I was a kid, it's like, a week seems like five weeks, <laughs> a year seems like a, like two days, and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I did the comic, it's a little uh, short comic, a little mini comic, and I debuted it last week at a free comic book day. Oh, cool. So I'll be putting that in my, uh, in my shop, my web shop, yeah, uh, I'm for looking... anybody interested in picking up. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that. Yeah, let me know what you think about it. Yeah, um, and then another one of your 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 books, um, Maniac Priest. Like ah yes, is, I, I love that book. Like, just you know, like the duality. You know, he's a priest, but he also, you know, you know when he changes, he goes crazy and just murders. Yeah, people vigilante. In, yeah, in a very violent yep. way. Like, um, where did yeah. Where did you get the uh, idea for that? Well, it goes back to your first question here about influence. So, yeah, Maniac Priest is another definite um, inspiration. So, you know, growing up uh, as a young man, I remember watching all these classic on videotape, old videotapes, uh, Charles Bronson uh, Death Wish movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, th- the series, uh, they started in the 70s, Death Wish, the first one, and he was basically a vigilante in New York. He was just a regular guy, I think an architect, and he had a wife and a daughter, you know, and they get killed, and he just gets driven over the edge. 
I mean, at this point now, it's probably been done ad nausea, but I think in 1973, 74, mm-hmm. you know, it was still kind of a, you know, relatively fresh thing for, at least for a film. So they did about four or five of those. And throughout the eighties, there was all these, uh, I, I call them vigilante porn movies. Just like, <laughs> it's just, yeah. B movie, very violent, very, uh, uh, bloody, but you know, the whole, por- the whole point of the thing was a vigilante. So anyway, and then of course in comics, we have the Punisher, mm-hmm. right. And, um, other characters. So, um, and I'd also seen these movies not too long ago called Maniac Cop. Um, again, they're B movies from I think the eighties and nineties, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, just about this psycho comes back and the, and I think it was a cop and he comes back and get revenge on everybody who wronged him. So anyway, between those influences and thinking of and some other stuff, um, I just thought of this. I just put the two words together, just like maniac, maniac cop, maniac, maniac, maniac priest. Oh my gosh. Where's my sketchbook? Blah, 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 blah. Um, so then I just started thinking, okay, I want to do a vigilante story. Because for me, for El Muerto and the, most of the comics like that, um, you can't really correlate the rating, but I'd say like they're PG-13, right? You know, yeah. um, nothing horrific that you can't, most people can't see. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Maniac Priest, I go, you know what? I got to go, this has got to be a rated R just for the sake of what those original films were like. Like I can't see doing a vigilante who kills criminals without really going all the way showing it and even having fun with it mm-hmm. and making it extreme. So, and of course the dialogue is, you know, it's got big adult cuss words in there. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, but, but the premise of the story is, as you mentioned, it's a, it's a priest, a young, a young priest this takes place in the eighties too. That's the other important thing. It's gotta be part of that yeah. exploitation film era, you yeah. know, low budget eighties movies. Also, um, yeah. Oh, also in the what in Los Angeles in the eighties, it was a very violent time. So. Yeah. Yeah. A, and then uh, yeah, exactly. If you I don't know if you remember or listeners remember, but there was a in the eighties before there was a Marvel studio, there was these low budget Marvel films, and there was a Punisher movie with Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, I remember watching that. And yeah, it's pretty cool because it does have that eighties almost grindhouse low budget exploitation feel. So. So yeah, my my story. I figured it's got to be a period piece, mid '80s LA. Um, this young priest, his uh, his his. Well, yeah, because it's not he's not married. Most stories is the girlfriend or the the wife gets killed. Uh, his sister and her daughter get murdered horribly, and he gets very upset, very pissed off. And you know, it's really interesting for me to do a story because now we're talking about a religious figure. Mm-hmm. And you know, he gets angry with God. He's screaming in the church one day. Why did this happen? It shouldn't happen or something like that. And then next thing you know, in the city, there's these reports of this hulking uh, uh, brute of a man, you know, six foot six maybe, but they say he's, he's been seen in the priest collar and an outfit, and he's got red blazing eyes, and he doesn't talk. No, he does talk. He does talk. I was thinking of Michael Myers, mm-hmm. another inspiration for that. Anyway, so the, the mystery, it's not a big mystery, but in, in that first issue that you read, there's like four short stories. The question you get at the end, like, oh, wait a minute. This guy, this young priest, Father Alexis, he turns into this guy. It's almost like the Hulk because, mm-hmm. like, he's a way bigger dude. And, um, but, yeah, his face is all scarred up, almost kind of like Linda Blair from The Exorcist. Right. Real horrific-looking, red, bright eyes. And those red eyes I got from, uh, 
John Carpenter, a great director, uh, he made a film called The Fog in mm-hmm. about 1981, I think. And there's this one scene where the, the pirates coming out of the fog, these like ghost pirates, and they got these blazing red eyes. And that always stood with me. So, again, this is very heavy into that topic you brought up about influence. Yeah, this is like really pulling from different things, comics, movies, mm-hmm. television, you know, um, even the news, I guess, from the 80s. So that, that that's basically Maniac Priest. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And it definitely, I do plan to do more of those because it's like for me, like I said, to go from doing something like El Marto or whatever or a pig mm-hmm. and then turn around and put on my adult, my adult only, um, you know, um, artistic repertoire. Mm-hmm. It's very fun and actually very liberating. Yeah. Because, like, if you're doing something for a younger audience, you're kind of limited with, you know, what you can do, what you can show through your art or through um, your writing. And then, you know, with, you know, Maniac Priest, all gloves are off. You can do whatever the hell you want. So I think, I think, I think, I think that's a good balance that you have going on there. Thank you. you know, no, I, I mean, really, to have gone through that process of writing and drawing the Maniac Priest stories, those four stories, and publishing the book, there was just like a certain, um, yeah, there was like a certain, like a, I don't say liberating sense of freedom, but yeah, like the shackles were off. Mm-hmm. Um, but but really, when I did the like the little uh, Cochito comic, yeah, it was definitely meant for any age could read it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I try not even to look at it as limiting. It's just like okay. I just got to drive it at a different speed, you know, mm-hmm. like when you're driving through the city, your neighborhood, it's one thing. When you get on the freeway, you can kick it up another, what, 10, 20 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So um, with Maniac Priest, it's just, you know, 150 miles an hour running over everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that analogy. That's a good one. <laughs> and so, it's just an analogy, uh, cops. It's just an yes. analogy. <laughs> um, so you're so with like. Um, going back to El Muerto, um, you also did Muerto uh, Mangaverse, right? Is that what it's called? Yes. Oh, okay. I, uh, yeah, man- Manga Muerto. Yeah, Manga Muerto. That's okay. So, um, obviously, you're a fan of of manga. Yeah, yeah. old. Yeah, the old school stuff. Old school. So, what were some of the the mangas that you read? Well, this is, yeah, again, uh, well, I, I think my, my first entry to at least Japanese uh, pop culture would, as a kid, it would have been reruns of uh, the old TV shows, anime, I guess we call them now, uh, imported Japanese shows in English, mm-hmm. uh, Speed Racer, which I'm sure everybody knows, no matter what age they are, somehow that's still percolating out there. Um, Speed Racer, uh, there was another cartoon, an even older one, well, it was done in black and white, maybe the same era, but called Gigantor. And it was a this little boy had a giant robot. Okay. Right, a little boy controlled. I think he had a watch. So he'd speak into the watch, and he controlled this giant robot. Um, so th- those two, and then there was a lot of other shows. And of course, moving throughout the seventies, there was uh, Battle of the Planets. Uh, again, these were all English uh, mm-hmm. voice voice. The Japanese imports voice in English. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as manga, that would have for me that would have seen that. That, that's much later. I, I'm trying to think what the first manga I was aware of must be in the 80s. It had to be the 80s, obviously, but I, I just remember um, Crying Freeman, which uh, probably late 80s. I'm sure I saw stuff before that, but mm-hmm. 
Craig Freeman's a pretty neat story. That's um, it's much more mature, much more adult. Um, it's about this guy. He's a believe it or not, he's a potter, right? He makes you know he makes pots and stuff. He's an artist, right? Clay pots, and he's a young guy, probably a pacifist, or whatever. And he gets kidnapped by this uh, the Chinese mafia, right, in Japan. Uh, I think it's the I think it's the one oh eight dragons. And they kidnap him, and they just basically brainwash him to become their top assassin. Oh, wow. Which is so crazy, right? Yeah, like, why did they grab some innocent guy off the street, like an mm-hmm. artist, mm-hmm. you know, like a like a, like a, a serene soul, and then they turn him into their assassin, and he, he rises up the ranks, and he ends up becoming the head of the uh, 108 Dragons. So it's, pretty, it's a pretty trippy story, and um, he's called Crying Freeman because every time he kills somebody, his contract killer killings, he shoots them, whatever kills them. And he starts shedding some tears. It's like this weird psychic um, reaction, I guess he has, right? Yeah. Like he does the job and he's good at it. So I, I, I thought that's fascinating, right? Because like, like the good part of him, I guess he's crying for you know the death of that person. Mm-hmm. But you know he wipes his tears away, and then he goes on to the next job. So, um, but that's probably one of the first mangas I, I remember actually reading, uh, you know, in the comic shops here in the eighties. But Manga Muerto, so the listeners know. So, yeah, it's just uh, it's, I wanted to do a giant robot story in Japan, mm-hmm. you know, a guy with a giant robot. And I go, well, I can make up a new character, but for the hell of it, I just feel like drawing El Muerto kind of like in that manga style, that old style, like he's got, you know, bigger eyes, big eyeballs, bigger head, smaller body. And he's got a cell phone, and he controls this giant robot called Skeletron. So I just ended up. I used to just call it Manga Muerto for myself. Like, I'll figure out a name for it later. Mm-hmm. And the more I thought about it, it's like, you know what? I think that's a great name, Manga Muerto. Mm-hmm. And then people end up like, people, in fact, Dr. Rojas, she was interviewing me once. She, she was saying, yeah, she loves saying the word. I go, yeah, I think most people do. It's just something, it just sounds kind of fun. Manga Muerto. It's like mm-hmm. this Japanese Spanish hybrid. Yeah, it's, it's the alliteration. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, they both sound like Spanish words. <laughs> Yeah, when it, whenever, yeah, whenever it comes to comic books, like alliteration always works for some strange reason. Yeah, Stan Lee mined that one really good in the sixties. Oh sure. yeah. yeah. So uh, since since Endgame just came out, I I have to ask, what did you think about it? If you've seen it, so I hope your I hope your readers know this is a spoiler alert, right? Uh, it's been out for two weeks. Right? Okay, yes. yeah. Um, I, I, it was, um, so I saw it. I was really impressed with it because I'm thinking, okay, how are they going to wrap all this up? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the ending, obviously, the climatic, the whole thing with the portals opening up, that's like the huge goose pimply money shot. Like, okay, that's the thing we've been waiting for for at least a year. Right. And that really is kind of like the culmination of this whole, what, 20 plus film series last 10 years like mm-hmm. okay you can really only do this build up this audience expectation and all this through this like constant you know um serialization through 20 movies 22 movies whatever it is mm-hmm. um it's pretty spectacular did, how, how did you find it i'm sure you watched all the films beforehand right? oh yeah yeah i've seen them all Follow. i've seen i've seen them multiple times right um like I'm not gonna lie, I got I got teary eyed at some of some of the parts during that. Like when when Captain America held Mjolnir, I got a little teary eyed because oh. I because I've been waiting for yeah. that. You know, it's like no, that was fantastic. That was amazing. Oh yeah, because I've seen it 
you know, a few times in the comic books. Every, you know, few years, it, you know, he, he ends up holding the hammer. But it's because we got that little tease in Age of Ultron where he barely nudged it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, it's happening. Just win, right? Right. So when that happened, got a little teary-eyed. Um, and then right after they all came out of the portals and he fin- and Captain America finally said, Avengers Assemble, I was like, four movies. We finally got that. And like, you know, um, yeah, so I was, I think I was overstimulated to the point where I, I couldn't really react. A little bit in shock, maybe, right. you know? <laughs> Right. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think that was uh I think that was a great way to end certain things because we saw these characters do something that we would will never see in a comic book. Like Captain America doing something selfish. You know, going back in time, you know, from what Yeah. We, you know, uh from what we assume he you know, he had he got to live that life with or almost called Peggy by her real name, you know, he got to live, you know, live that happy life with Peggy, and then with Thor, we saw how he, like, like how much the, the loss that he has suffered over the past, you know, couple movies, um, how much it affected him, and I think that made him very relatable to people. I know some people don't like how, you know, his trauma was there for uh, you know um comic relief right right but when i first saw you know thor you know or fat thor i was like that's not thor something's wrong right so like that's the way that i processed that while other people were laughing i was like this is a dude who's hurting and like and that's what i really enjoyed i don't know I shouldn't say enjoyed, but that's what I, I liked about Thor's arc, was it it made him more human. Yeah, no, he definitely had a uh, a, a very broad story arc as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, so did and so did Iron Tony Stark over the last ten years. Oh yeah, you know from being a selfish, uh, warmongering, uh, you know, a hole to uh, you know, self sacrificing mm-hmm. hero. I do have to, I do have to tell you though, like after watching the film, after coming home for a few days, uh, Captain America's ending, I, I just it doesn't. And I had a, a, a talk with a friend of mine who's a fanatic, fanatic mm-hmm. Captain America fan. He doesn't buy that at all. And what, was it? I, I agreed with him. I did, was it Rafael? Yeah, yeah, it was our. Yeah, because it was our dear friend Rafael Navarro. Yeah, um, at LCX we were like, I I pulled out my wallet to buy a Sonambulo, and he's like, "Oh, you got a Captain America wallet?" He's all, "Check this out." He has a Captain America wallet. Then I showed him my keychain. He had a better yeah. keychain. <laughs> so, yeah, I I totally understand. Like, I mean, I won't speak for I won't speak for him, but yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that um, I just thought, I I you know yeah it it just doesn't seem like something he would do. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I mean. Obviously, I know that people wanted a happy ending and he should get happiness, but it's like, especially, you know, he's the one leading the um, therapy groups. Everybody, hey, get, you yep. got to get over your loss. And then, like, well, what, what, you know, so you go back to her timeline, you go back to your past, and you see her, and, like, 
Well, I know she gets married and has her own life after, but I'm going to walk in here and get back with her. And you know, the, the whole excuse that the direct the directors did an interview like, yeah, but that's another timeline now. And it's like, well, wait a minute, you guys spent all this time in the film blasting about like, oh, you can't create new timelines and blah. blah. Anyway, I I just I just think it's um, yeah, it gives the audience a happy ending, like the, the damn Disney happy ending. But I don't know, man. I just feel it's not. Um, you know, it that, that path, Steve. Sorry, like you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, you know that. Oh, yeah. Anyway, like, like, because that's something we'll never see him do in the comic books, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. maybe now because the comics didn't copy the movies, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't like, want to get all negative here on your <laughs> show. No, no, that's fine. Like, voice your opinion, man. And if people don't like it, <laughs> like I apologize if they they uh, come after you on social media, but like oh you don't have to apologize. <laughs> don't worry about that. No, like I I completely understand that stance on Captain America because we've never seen him do that, right? Um. Well, I mean, yeah, but there's a reason he has to do it because it's not his character, like. We never saw Superman snap somebody's neck yet. We saw it in that last, yeah, one of the last recent movies, and we got a, a lot of people were pissed off about that. Oh yeah. So I mean, just because it hasn't happened, it's like, oh, well, now it happened. That's okay. Yeah, same thing. I mean, I don't think you said that. Same thing with in like uh, Batman v Superman, when Batman's killing everybody, all the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like, even in the Arkham games, they were able to figure out a way. So he wouldn't kill people, even you know, like even if you drive into him with the Batmobile, it just electrocutes <laughs> him. Like, well, you're still That's hitting funny. somebody with a tank, so I don't know how they won't die, but right, right, right. Yeah. But Zack Snyder didn't have that same those same qualms. No, no. they're dead. But but you know, whatever. I I these films. I mean, all the films. I just I'm I'm kind of detached from them. I mean, so it's funny you said you've seen Captain America hold the, the Thor hammer several times. I, so I quit reading com, Marvel, com, DC Marvel, probably in the early 90s, right mm-hmm. when the whole, those image guys kind of were striking it big. Oh, yeah. I just got, you know, at that time I was kind of bored of comics or superheroes. or I was getting tired of seeing the characters change so much from the 60s. So anyway, I quit reading for the most part. So I really haven't read many, hardly any Marvel DC for, what, 30 years? Mm-hmm. I read a lot of other comics. There's plenty of comics out there. So for me, when I saw Steve capture, you know, cap, catch the hammer, I was really shocked because I mean, you had, you at least were aware of it in the comics. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still a big thing to see it in the movie, but so I was totally shocked. I go, "Whoa! I never thought anyone, because I never in the comics that I quit reading in the by 1989. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone ever held the hammer up except oh. for Thor. So I'm sure nowadays it's changed. Everybody in the world has held it, but um, um, I don't, I don't think so. I think there's only been a few. I know yeah, a few. Okay, yeah. that's more than back in my day was just Thor. Yeah, but all that's right. that's true. <laughs> so I'm so I'm detached. So these movies, when I see them, I like I'm I'm kind of you know I, I can enjoy, I've seen them all. Mm-hmm. Like okay, a good two hour things with you know some popcorn and a soda pop and just sit there and kind of kind of see some of the things I remember in the comics, but most of it's all new stuff for new people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I, I I get this. You know, I told Ralph, Ralph, I'm I'm not gonna cry about the ending. Like he's very like this. He can't believe it. Oh yeah. I'm just like, eh, I guess to me it's just a movie that didn't really happen. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's just me. Yeah. No, that's, that's just yeah. Me. Like uh what, at the end of Infinity War, 
I watched it with uh, my brother and his family. So we were walking out. My niece turns to me. She said, isn't that the saddest thing you've ever seen? I was like, no, because they're all coming back. <laughs> like, you know, they killed off. All oh, right, right. You know, they killed off everybody who's getting a sequel. Like, I can't being a comic book fan and, you know, seeing how many characters have died and then come came back and then died again and then came back again. Right. Like, right, right. Like, I can, I, I, I can, uh, I can hold my tears in for that, you know, like, but with, when, um, Tony died, like that, that's, that was real death, right? It wasn't, yeah, you yeah. Know, like the, when he, when he used the infinity stones, that messed him up seriously. Like it, it, what it even, it even, um, messed up the Hulk. You know, yeah. So, so I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, deaths in, you're right, deaths in comics, like the classic comics, it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, they're not going to get rid of these, like these characters. Although, who knows nowadays, because now they get new characters take over their, you know, there'll be like a new Spider Man or there's a new Thor, like mm -hmm. a woman Thor, like, but, um, that's one thing when I did my first El Muerto comic, uh, you know, I joked to people, like, okay, it's not going to take, 10, 15, 20 years to kill off the character. He, like, he gets killed off in the first half of the book, but don't worry, he gets resurrected and comes back, and then that's how our story starts. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, so my comic started with the death of the character, and I, I got that out of the way. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that happens in, like, the first, what, first few pages. Yeah, yeah, Diego gets killed in a car accident, mm -hmm. and he gets he wakes up in the Aztec land of the dead, Miklan. Yeah. Comes comes back as an Aztec zombie, but yeah. Yeah. I, I also I also enjoyed how you used the Aztec mythology in that because it, it, it's not like Greek mythology that everybody knows. Like Thank you. Yeah, cuz you uh what? I mean, I remember in 6th grade we had a I think we studied it for like a month straight. And after that, it was there was like nothing, other, no, no other um, mythologies. And then as I got older, I learned, you know, there's Norse mythology, then there's Sumerian mythology. There's like I just recently like I'm half Filipino and I just recently learned that there's Filipino mythology. And I'm like, how did I not know this? You know, so I, I, I think it's great that you're introducing. Well, for those who don't know, you're introducing. um you know, Aztec mythology. And, you know, just for perspective, so we're talking about the, the big, latest graphic novel, but so the, the, the original comic started back in 98. Mm -hmm. So if, if, it's, if it's rare to see Aztec mythology now, which actually it's less rare, thank God. I mean, there's a lot more stuff going on. There's a lot of, I mean, just in comics, there's a lot of younger comic mm -hmm. artists doing stuff like that. But in 98... Boy, I don't know how you would well, you'd have to dig around to find Aztec mythology in American comics. Oh, yeah. You know, and it was sporadic here and there, whatever. But, you know, same with the Day of the Dead. You did not see a lot of the... So my comics, for again, we should assume people don't know anything about me. Like, El Muerto, it's basically about this young man on his 21st... His name is Diego de la Muerte. What's the chance of a guy called de la Muerte turning out to be uh, El Muerto? But, exactly. Um <laughs> On his 21st birthday, he gets dressed up to go to a Day of the Dead festival, so he puts on the makeup and the suit. He's driving down there, and the car gets hit by lightning. 
car crashes. He's not long. He's no longer in the car. No one knows where he went. He wakes up in the Aztec land of the dead, Miklan, and he's confronted by the god of death, Miklatecutli, and the god of destiny, Tezcalapoca. And they do this thing to him, and they send him back to Earth a year later. Um, you know, in, 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 empowered with these uh, mystical Aztec zombie powers, mm-hmm. and um, he's got to try to find his way in the world. You know, what what, what he's going to do with this stuff. Um, so, in 1998, yeah, just like you're saying, it's like okay, we have enough Greek mythology that's more than enough. Um, let me do something. You know, Mexican American. I want to do. I want to do my first comic, my first character. As some type of Mexican hero, superhero, mm-hmm. and originally I'd come up with like a group. I had like these four or five characters, like a like a Latino JLA. I I tell myself, mm-hmm. and I and I had sketches of all the characters, and I started thinking like, okay, but now I really want to make the comic like sit down and draw. I don't want to start my first book with five characters because that's a lot of characters, right? And then it's, you know you fi- yeah, and then you figure, and then you figure. Um, each character has like a supporting cast, right? Like in their private. So, uh, and I kind of zeroed in on the El Muerto guy. It's like, you know, let me focus on this guy. Something about him just kind of, you know, he's dead. So you got that whole dichotomy. You mentioned dichotomy with mm-hmm. maniac priests. I'm a big thing on dichotomy. So he split down the middle, half alive, half dead. Day of the dead. Yeah, we don't see any day of the dead. Let me get that in there. He's got that Aztec mythology background. Again, something you didn't see a lot in comics, very little mm-hmm. bit back then. So that's kind of what uh, pushed me to do um, uh, focus on El Muerto and then go with that. Yeah. So thanks for you know highlighting that, mentioning mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm glad today to see so many other like artists doing. Um, I mean, oh, yeah. there's this guy uh, Gonzalo Alvarez. I think you follow him on Twitter. He's doing a book called Boyo Man, and that has to do with Mesoamerican myth. And mm-hmm. so many other folks are doing um, just all different takes on. Uh, Mexican mythology, or even you know, uh, all throughout South America, Central America, um, because yeah, there's just so many. I think there's a lot more creators now. Again, I'm just talking mostly comics because mm-hmm. that's our field. We know there's a lot more creators like really interested in exploring their cultural background. So you're getting a lot more, you know, diverse, as they like to say, uh, stories out there by just a whole great bunch of different storytellers so that's all good that that's only good news you know? mm-hmm. I, I mean like um oh what henry barajas oh yes yeah, our he, friend henry yes yeah he just he that his kickstarter ends today this is what the ten, may 10th so and he he met his goal so i think yeah and, and yeah. that's and that story that he's telling well i'm gonna i'm gonna have him on hopefully next week um, oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, Victory uh, March, yeah. Yeah, so um, I think because that's a very important moment in history. So I yeah, th- yeah. So I think I think the more creator creators um, explore their culture and inform you know people of how or just inform people of their culture and their stories of their culture, it it'll it's it's better i think I, I think it'll make people better more understanding and all that and all that stuff no exactly yeah yeah it gives people an entry point um through a different you know whatever the comics about about a different culture a different group of people a different in henry's case it was also a different time right mm-hmm. it was his grandfather in the i think the 70s so um 
Yeah, no, no. The more time you have a variety of voices, diversity, as they mm-hmm. call it. Um, you know, so, sometimes I get, you know, like the word diversity is because it's thrown around so much, especially by, like, the big companies. Like, oh, we're trying to be more diverse. So, you know, like, okay, is it a, is this a, it's probably half sincere, half marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes from an authentic place like Henry and all these other people that we've met, and, you know, you just walk, you just walk through a whole convention with the Latino Expo, um, to me, those are very, you know, because they're usually from one or two people. It's just very, it seems very sincere to me. Mm-hmm. It's not from a company. It's not a group of people sitting there Monday morning at a huge conference table like, oh, you know what? We need to do more diversity because right. here's all the stats and blah, 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 and blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's just like Henry wanted to tell the story about his grandfather and his struggle, you know, with the Native American and Mexican communities there and I want to do adventure story with Aztec mythology and blah blah. And mm-hmm. She wants to do this about these, you know this group of people and mm-hmm. you know blah blah blah. So, yeah, it's only good. It's only good news. It's yeah. Only good news. Well, because um, you know, uh, like as I mentioned earlier, I'm half Filipino, and I've never mm-hmm. seen a Filipino character in a comic book before. So, oh. so I, I follow Greg Pack on um, on Twitter, and then I saw. So he he linked this story from one of the, you know one of the comic book news uh, websites saying oh he's creating yeah. the fourth Filipino superhero in Marvel Comics I'm like I didn't even know there was three I know right the fourth <laughs> yeah. like, oh wow yeah so so I put that on my pull list at the co- comic shop and I'm like all right I'll see that uh, you know I'll, I'll check it out see see what it's about so. That, right, right. You know, who, who is who's the creator? Who's uh, creating this? Greg Pak. He he did. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Well, but he's done a lot of Marvel. Oh uh, yeah, he did. Uh, what? Um, World War Hulk. I know he did Planet. Yeah, the World War Hulk. Yeah, pa- Planet Hulk. Planet Hulk. Which is used for the movie basis of Thor. Yeah. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> um, I mean, it's Thor. Interesting. Yeah. No, no, you're right. He did do uh, Planet Hulk. Yeah. Which, I don't know. Have you read Planet Hulk? No, no. That's going to be one of the books that I haven't read in the last 30 years. Okay. I'm sorry. I just have not read it. Yeah, oh. really. I, I can't think of what Marvel. I'm sure I read a few, but not like really. Like the modern stuff, the last 10 mm-hmm. years, I don't think I've read anything. Okay. Civil War, Winter Soldier, Planet Hulk. I'm like the worst interview subject for that. Oh. My bad. No, that's no problem. I mean, we're already at 40 minutes, and we've had plenty of plenty of uh content to talk about wow that's that's a long that's a that's no that went quick i mean that, that, mm-hmm. yeah we can start talking about stuff yeah you know it's like when i did the my first interview i was like how am i going to fill 40 minutes like because I, I don't want it to be too long if it's too long then people will get bored and stop listening i want i want right, them right. To, you know i want right. the people to be able to you know listen to it in one sitting Hopefully it's engaging. Hopefully I'm articulate enough where they, they enjoy it. Um, I'm really relying on, on the people that I'm interviewing to to carry me through this podcast, to be honest. No, no, that's a, that's that's a good uh, that's a good that's a good way to do it because I've done about three or four different podcast shows mm-hmm. over the years, and yeah, I always do find that yeah, be prepared, whatever for your subject, whatever. But yeah, man, if, if the person is speaking. And they're engaging, and yeah, you just let them go, and yeah. um, you know, come back with a follow up, whatever. But yeah, you're right; that they will, 
I mean, that's the content you're doing. It's like you got a guest on there, unless it's a a solo show where it's just you talking for the hour. Like you know, people do shows like that. But mm-hmm. um, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because the um, guests do all the work. I mean, <laughs> I, like I prefer the just the natural conversation. How it's like, like I'll I'll do I'll I'll have only I'll only prepare like two questions, and then nice. well, and then I'll whatever you know um, the guest brings up. Then I'll, you know, I'll think of another thing to piggyback off of, and then that'll create, right. a whole, you know, that's how I've been able to fill full time. So it's, it's so far, it's working great. Yeah, um, I'm gonna give him advice. This is funny, but no, no, I, I found that too in the past. That like, there's sometimes where I've had a guest that go, okay, I want to be prepared, so I, I do have a whole question, you know, all these questions for them, you know, where'd you come from, where'd you get started, blah blah blah. But like you're like you're doing, if you do the interview, if they start speaking and then you kind of counteract with a new question that's not on your list, that's really good too because then it's very natural. Right. Yeah. Like if they start providing you something like, oh, I didn't know about that. So what's about it? And then da da da. Then you're kind of not just doing like the the ten question thing, mm-hmm. um, which that could be, and that could also be done, you know, very uh, interestingly too. But yeah, when you're able to springboard off the uh, guest like spontaneously. And keep it going. That that's also great. And yeah. uh, like you said, hopefully we never know if the listeners are enjoying this, but <laughs> we feel when we're done with the phone call, like, okay, that sounded interesting. So hopefully my listeners will enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're actually at about yeah we're at forty minutes right now. Cool. Yeah. So. Not bad. Not bad. And and then you know in the future, you know I could have like because if if we cover everything. In one podcast, then I can't have you come back. <laughs> no, no, no. You know I was going to have to yeah, come back, follow up. Yeah, because you're going to have more. You're going to be – because I wanted to actually – you know what? I'm going to ask you about, like, the updated references in Days of the Dead. All right. Because, <laughs> you know, like, you started in 98, and that was before, like, that 70s show. And I, I know I know that connection – you know, because you know, I was in I was in class when you came to speak. Because um, you know, Wilmer Valderrama starred in the uh, film adaptation. So, right. like, so <laughs> did, did you go? Really yeah. <laughs> so did you go back and and change all those, or change? Whatever? Oh, okay. So, no, no, that's a good question. So, uh, the original comic in '98 was drawn in '98 when I was 20 years younger and much less experienced. So. When I was doing the, um, it's real convoluted. I had done like three issues, right, throughout the years. Very slow artist. Mm-hmm. And then I, I go, okay, I better draw that fourth issue to tie it in with the first three. And I drew it like, like about three years ago. And I go, man, the art on this third issue, the fourth issue is way cleaner and better now than it was before. So I decided, you know what, I can't print all four in a book. I'm going to redraw the first uh, three books. Okay. So the art's different. It ties in with the new art, but also even more important than the art. Well, the art's very important, of course, mm-hmm. the visuals. But I was able to. I'm a better writer. I'm a better character developer. I'm a better, better storyteller. So I fleshed out the story even more. So now in the new graphic novel that you read, mm-hmm. you see Diego as a kid. In the old days, in the old book, he's about 21. He's just about ready to go to the party. Like you don't know much about him. Mm-hmm. So I go, you know what? I want to show his childhood with his uh, aunt. I want to show him with his first girlfriend, Maria, the first mm-hmm. time they got you know, met together. And then 
like you mentioned, I could throw in these little references like, oh, well, now that I'm post the El Muerto movie, I can reference he's got a that 70s show poster in his room mm-hmm. <laughs> as a little uh, Easter egg slash uh, like a meta meta type of weird thing, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I was but gonna, that's all with hindsight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to ask that question in class, but I completely forgot. And then I was going to ask you again at LCX, but I forgot. <laughs> ah. Well, now, but now it's good because now you ask me and other people will hear the answer besides mm-hmm. just you or your, or your classmates at the time. In fact, I'm speaking in Dr. Rojas's class next week. Uh, I think her internet class, whatever you call it. So oh, I'm okay. going to Skype in, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll get a whole new batch of questions. So, <laughs> by the way, so like Ian mentioned, I did speak to our mutual friend, Dr. Rojas's English classes last fall, I think. Yeah, last fall. And um, they had, yeah, they had read my book. And honestly, I told Teresa this. I go, man, you know, I sell tons of books and I get responses like, like a quick little, oh, I like the book really. Oh, okay, good. That's, you liked it. That's fine. But for me to be there in that one-hour class with like 15 or 20 students who read the book, they read the whole graphic now, and they had all these actual particular questions, mm-hmm. not just like, oh, I liked it, because that's all we ever hear. Mm-hmm. Unless someone writes us a fan letter. So I thanked her for letting, you know for bringing me in because it was like uh, it was like it was like having a focus group. Like if I had to pay the money, mm-hmm. like I'm going to get 20 people, I'm going to pay them to read the book. And come back here, and we're gonna have a conversation. This, you know, because you guys had all these. What was really, really great for me too, because they're college uh, students. Mm-hmm. Most of them are about the same age as the characters in the book, right? Because you know, Diego's twenty-one. So even that, and a lot of the students were Latino. Although it doesn't have to be, in the feedback from anybody was mm-hmm. is helpful and it's great. Um, but you know, they had very particular questions on, oh, is the game bad with the girlfriend? And da da da. I really, there's this one guy who goes, hey, I like my novellas, so is this going to get more like, we're going to see more romance in the book? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it was great for me, and I hope uh, I hope it was enlightening for uh, the students. I, I think it was from what I heard, so that's yeah. good. Well, the thing that, that pissed me off about uh, my class is that I didn't see any of them show up at LCX. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, because I, I have no idea, like, yeah. But wow, that's I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Yeah, because I, I was sitting at you know Dr. Rojas's table the whole time. I expected to oh, see yeah. maybe you know you know a few of them just in support for her, but I didn't see yeah. any yeah. of them, and that pissed me off. Yeah, well, <laughs> you see, Ian does the halt people. You got to deal with it now. Yeah, it's like all right, you know what? I'm here, and that's all that matters. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I, that's what I say. Like, you know what? Because I can get pissed off about all kinds of stuff. But you were there. You were you were helping her out. Yeah. You were having a great time. You were learning things. You were talking to a lot of artists. Um, you got a little, you know. I'm sure you got a little inspiration to go back and do your own comics after. Yeah. So actually, yeah, it was all a good thing. Yeah, I actually started um, uh, drawing it last night. Oh wow! Yeah. Fresh off the drawing tablet. Yeah. The yeah. Drawing board. Good. Yeah, I got I got some. Uh, what is it? Strathmore uh, sequential art paper. Yep. So, yep. Yeah, I'm starting to draw that. That's actually, it's a Western. So, I was inspired by Red Dead Redemption 2 to do a Western. Oh, wow. Yeah. We so, so, you know, that goes back to the whole inspiration uh, conversation. No, exactly. Yeah. Just like just how you started. This, this episode is like about inspiration. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about that. That's good. Yeah. Well,. When I come back to the show, I, we can find out how you're doing too with the comics. Yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah, I'm hoping because this is just a prelude issue. 
So I'm hoping to have yeah. that done by the end of the summer, and then cool. And then I'm gonna have to work. Um, I'm gonna have to work very hard to get it ready. Because I'm gonna try and do a whole graphic novel, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, no, good. Yeah, I mean, definitely do yeah. it. But yeah, it's always a matter of your time and you mm-hmm. know when you're gonna get it done. So. Yeah, because I'm gonna but be definitely. I'm gonna be having you know I'm gonna be having class, and then whenever I don't have to do schoolwork, I'm gonna be working on the book, and hopefully that'll. Hopefully, I can manage my time where I could put the. Um, amount of work I need to put into it in order to, to make it what I want it to be. No, of course, of course. Yeah, definitely. Wish you luck on that. Yeah, that's thank great. You. Thank you. Well, I guess that's, I mean, we could, we could probably talk for a very long time, but. <laughs> no, no, you keep it short. Like you said, yeah. you know, keep it digestible. Cause I think 40 minutes is probably good. Most, yeah. Maybe that's a good, that's a good drive for most people or they can drive it, you know, or, or go on the morning walk or whatever. Yeah. So, so until next time, thank you, Javier, for coming on. Um, I'll let you know when when it's posted, and I'll send you the I'll send you a link for it, and hopefully you could tweet it out. You know what? Um, oh yeah, definitely. I always share. I always share them. Oh, yeah. Yes. So before we go, why don't you go ahead and share your store and your social media? So if anybody listening wants to follow you and learn more about you, they, yes. Thanks for that, folks. Uh, yeah, you can check out more of my work and such. Um, I'm flipping through the page of my book because I always have all the social media written down somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so I guess the popular one right now is Instagram. Maybe it was Instagram. I'm at um, Javier Los Comics. You know, J-A-V-I-E-R-L-O-S-C-O-M-E-X. Um, you can go to my website, Havzilla.com. J-A-V-Z-I-L-L-A dot com. And on the website, on the right side, I got all the links to the social media instead of me trying to read them all off here. There we go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, go to com and the web store is on the right there. There's a link for that. Check out my book and you can check out my social media and my emails on there too if you guys want to ask any direct questions. So yeah, thanks Ian for having me on. Thank you for coming on. I'm glad we were able to get those uh, technical issues worked through. <laughs> oh yeah, and the and the big delay too. But yeah. well, thanks a lot. I will talk to you soon again. Yeah, no problem. Okay, bye bye. Good night.